This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Senators lead the Hurricanes 4-1 late in the second period. No score, Islanders and Capitals in the second, early third. Canadians up 2-0 on the Blue Jackets. Panthers lead the Maple Leafs 2-1. That's early in the third. Red Wings and Flames about to get underway. Penguins and Coyotes about to get underway. And in about an hour, it's the Sabres and the Canucks. U of A home to Mount Royal tonight. That one is just getting started at Claire Drake Arena. We have the Oilers and the Flames on 6.30, Ched. Tomorrow, 6.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 8 o'clock. And then, of course, we have another one on Sunday when the Oilers take on Carolina. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Western Hockey League action tomorrow. It's a Battle of Alberta doubleheader at Rogers Place, so it's going to be 1.30, the Edmonton Oil Kings taking on the Calgary Hitmen, and I'm glad to welcome back to the show Brad Lauer. He's the head coach of the Oil Kings. Hey, Brad, how's it going? Hey, Reed, I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you doing? Remember when we met in the summer and I joked that you'd been living in Tampa the last couple of years and were you ready for the winter? Now, I know you're a Western Canadian, but here it yeah. is, buddy. I hear you. I hear you. I'm dressing warm for it. I'm getting prepared for all this weather now. Yeah. Well, I, I I know you love it, and you're and you're used to it, and you're busy coaching hockey anyway. So uh, there's, there's no there's no time for a lot a lot else in your life. Hey, uh, I got to ask you a couple things first. You you yeah. obviously played in the NHL. Matinees. You know, I, I work with Rob Brown, and he said, you know, he had teams where the trainers would change the clock so it looked like a seven o'clock game when you got into the rink. Uh, he mm-hmm. wasn't always a fan of matinees. You, yeah. in your playing career, what was your attitude toward matinees? Uh, you know, at, at, at first it was uh, it was for me when I, when I when I was young. It was probably more uh, I felt tougher to get to get uh, used to. It. Um, the older I get. Uh, I think I, I adjusted more. I think you prepare a little bit differently. You understand about uh, preparing for it, and, and I think you learn um, as you go. And, and I actually, towards the end of my practice, enjoyed um, more of the early afternoon games uh, compared to the 7.30 starts. Well, <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting that you, you adjust as, as you move along, and you probably didn't yeah. mind missing the morning skate eh, as you got <laughs> deeper yeah. in your career. <laughs> You know, nowadays there's no there's there's not a lot of morning skates anymore. A lot of the kids now just would prefer just to, uh, just have an activation to stretch and, and and just a quick warm up where they they kick the soccer ball around or play a game instead of going on the ice and, and having their 15 20 minute skate. Uh, I know our guys prefer to do that. Um, you know, even guys they had in Tampa, we 
morning skates were were we didn't have a lot of them. That's for sure. Brad Lauer joining us on Inside Sports, coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. You know what, Brad? We, we've talked a few times throughout the season, and yeah. uh, despite some some uneven points, you got to. Well, I'll, I'll ask you how how do you feel about where you're at? I know you're first in your uh, division. I mean, sure, maybe if you were in another division, you might be second or third, but you're in the central. Yeah. You know, yeah. how would you feel overall about your positioning right now? Uh, you know what? I mean, I'm 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 really happy with the way we've we've gone so far this year. I mean, obviously, there's been some uh, inconsistencies, especially at the start and a little bit through the season where we won five and lose six and then go on a roll and, and that. But I think that's part of the process with the group with this group. I think uh, you know the last couple of years, um, winning hasn't been a habit, and I think uh, that's something that we wanted to really uh, create. Uh, with our group, and, and, and uh, you know, I'm pleased with the, the way our guys play. Um, I think we're understanding uh, the different ways of trying to win hockey games. Um, I think our guys are are understanding the importance of the of the highs and lows of winning and, and losing, and, and I think there's a lot of consistent uh, games for our group. Are, are you still introducing a lot of new concepts, or did you try to get all that done in, say, the first, you know, 20 to 30 percent of the year? You know, we're still bringing in new things. I think there's uh, there's always stuff for for adding things into. I mean, uh, the biggest thing that started here, what what I didn't want to do or our staff didn't want to do was was just over, overwhelm our guys with with a lot of different systems and all that. Now there are there are and there are a few we introduced a, a, a quite a bit at camp, but um, now that we all understand um, all the, the stuff that we did at camp, just kind of throwing in different things here and there as we move along as the season goes along. It's uh, it's an important game for you guys, an important game for Calgary as well because they're yeah. trying to, to nail down a wild card spot. They're 21-17-4 and four on the season for 46 points. You guys have 56. Is yeah. Do you get a sense from your... I mean, you know, we've been talking about Battle of Alberta in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you get a sense that there's a Battle of Alberta, specifically Edmonton-Calgary, for your players, or what do you get... What do you feel about tomorrow that way? Yeah, I think they, I think they, they approach it the same way. I think they, I mean, they've obviously been around the, you know, the Oilers and the Flames uh, uh, rivalry. And I, you know, our guys have that same feeling with, with you know, with us and the Hitmen. I think, uh, you know, it's a great. It, you know, anytime you have I think it's just great competitive for 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 the sport, and I think it brings the best out of your individuals and. And I think our guys are excited every time we go into Calgary, whether, whether Calgary's here, they're, they're excited for the game. Brad Lauer from the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's their head coach joining us tonight on uh, on Inside Sports. Got to interview Jake Neighbors earlier this week uh, yeah. on, on the show here. To uh, we, we had that practice with a King contest going on, so it's cool. A lot of your guys are going to be going out and practicing with minor hockey teams, which is pretty yeah. cool. Tell me a little bit about uh, Jake, though. I just thought from talking to him, seems uh, seems very uh, mature, very well-spoken. I, I, I guess I sh- maybe should expect that from, from top prospects, but he seems to really carry himself with a lot of maturity well yeah you know what i mean you almost forget that he's 16 when he's when he done talking with him he, he is very he's a very mature kid for his age you know and then you know he's a big he's a big kid you know he's he's uh he's over six feet and he's almost 195 pounds i mean uh he has a, he has a physical presence to him um but you're right he is uh he, he, he's definitely a very well-mannered well-spoken um uh young man and uh, you know he's, he's he carries himself very well
Tell me a little bit about your uh, your goaltending situation because that was a challenge earlier in the season. I, I think yeah. you, you traded away one of your goaltenders. What's going on now? Yeah, you know, uh, well, obviously we're at the beginning of the year we had some blows and Todd Scott, and uh, obviously we've been in, hit with some injuries uh, through the course of the year. And we have a Todd uh, um, really spreading his high, having a high ankle sprain early in the year. Uh, that forced us to make a trade, and then we brought in Dylan Miskew out of Brandon um, to, to help fill the void there. And obviously, he did a, you know Dylan's done a great job for us, and so did Boston. And then um, one guy gets healthy, now we're returning three goalies. So you know it was tough. There's there some tough decisions um, when you got to make in, in, in hockey and carry three goalies. It's not always a great fit. And you know Boston did a great job for our, for our organization, and you know he was splitting the net and. Sharing, sharing it so it's just, you know he really he was really uh professional um you know being able to handle it and you know we had to make a decision and and uh you know boston we were able to get him into into another good team another good organization the chris Raiders, and uh we thought at that time it was a good move for him and, and it was a good move for our, our organization just a couple more for you brad <clears throat> after tomorrow's game yeah you you have a, a, a break, which is unusual yeah. because you've been really busy. You play yeah. Saturday afternoon. You don't play again until Friday night. How are you going to approach that gap between games? Well, I think some some of it is we do need to have that little break because we've been playing, like you said, we've been going. I mean, we're leading the league already in games played. Uh, we're four or five games with some teams in the league, and I think I think the break comes at a good time. I mean, we were on, we were traveling quite a bit here, and guys are getting to that, uh, that flu cold season right now, so. You know what we'll do? We'll have a our initial plan right now is just to we'll have Sunday off. We'll have a good day on Monday. We'll probably do uh, yoga on Tuesday, then uh, quick little practice on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and get ready for Friday. All right, and obviously the kids will be going out to minor hockey practices too, so that'll sure. be, that'll yeah. be fun for the kids doing that. And uh, I'll wrap up with this on a lighter note: Is it the Don Cherry jersey tomorrow? It is. It okay. is. And you can see these things. <laughs> Well, I, I have seen them, and I, if yeah. people haven't seen them online or, or anything, I encourage people to go to oilkings.ca. Uh, these are, well, beauties, to paraphrase. Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they've done a really good job as far as comparing it to his wardrobe that he does on, on Coach's Corner. So uh, credit to our, to our guys, our, our staff, um, to come up with this design, and I think it's, uh, it definitely fits the character. Well, right on. Brad, I always wish you all the best. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show for an Oil Kings update, and go get them tomorrow afternoon, one thirty, Rogers Place. Awesome, man. Thanks, Reed. I appreciate having me. That is Brad Lauer checking in, head coach of your Edmonton Oil Kings. And, yeah, first in the Central Division, obviously coming off a tough year last year. I think there was, you know, some obviously optimism about having a better team, maybe competing for a playoff spot. Well, right now, first in their division. So good stuff by Brad Lauer and uh, his troops there as the Oil Kings take on the Hitmen tomorrow afternoon. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Hey, Northern Chicken has a super bucket. Big games need big eats. Order your super bucket for your big game party at northchickenyeg.com. It is 7-16. We will talk a little bit about this weekend's NFL championship games between 7-30 and 8. We're going to go to Kansas City and talk to Josh. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, 
It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, Briscoe, and this is always fun. One of my favorite times of the week. We'll meet this week's 630 Chet MVP when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Every week on Inside Sports, we feature the 630 Ched MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. And this week, we welcome to the show Eric Boris. Eric, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well, Eric. You are playing for the St. Albert Raiders Midget AAA team. Uh, what position are you again? I'm um, right wing. You're playing right wing. Have you always been a right winger? Uh, I used to be center, but uh, back in Bantam, I got moved to right wing, and I just kind of stuck there. Okay. Did you like that change? Yeah, well, it's worked out for me so far, I guess. <laughs> good good attitude for sure. Hey, we got a lot to talk about, Eric. A lot, a lot going on for you and your team lately. You mm-hmm. uh, you guys won the Max Midget Tournament, that very prestigious tournament down the highway in Calgary. T- take me through that experience, man. What was the tournament like? Uh, it was unbelievable. Uh like the my whole team just enjoyed the entire time from game one, uh, and and right up to the end when we uh, were able to win it. Uh, but it had a lot of ups and downs, uh, especially with the the third game us losing it and then having to win uh, it being a must win in game four. Uh, but our guys were able to pull through and we were able to keep keep on that uh, keep the momentum rolling all the way through the finals. What you did you play six games overall, seven games? Uh, seven games. Seven games. Uh, so you had to win to get into the playoff round, and you did. And how many days was that over? Uh, six or seven. Okay, so six, you didn't ha- you games. didn't have to play twice on a day then, ever did you? Uh, yeah, the uh, playoffs. It was um, so through the round robin. There was five days, and you played on four of them. Okay. And then in playoffs, you had quarters and semis on uh, the same day and then on new year's you played in the final oh wow okay how how did you find that that must be a little bit unusual to pack that many games into that span oh yeah it was it was wild the guys guys were bagged every night when we got back to the hotel uh we had to have our ice baths and get to bed pretty early <laughs> who did you beat in but, the final oh uh, we played lethbridge and what was that game like eric oh that was a that was a wild game to play and it started off with them uh, scoring and then us tying it, and then they took a 3-1 lead against us. But uh, our team was able to come back and eventually win 4-3. And did you get the game winner in that one, or did you set it up? I got an assist on it. Uh, my uh, linemate, Brady Nichols, was able to score. All right. Well, I hope Brady's listening tonight that you just gave him a shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, did, did you also play in the Max Tournament last year, or was this your first time in it? Uh, yeah, my team went last year with St. Albert. Okay, good stuff. All right, so you play for the St. Albert Raiders, Midget AAA. Who's your coach, and uh, how has he in- influenced you this year? Uh, my coach is uh, Jack Redlick. Uh, he's a he's a wonderful uh, he's a wonderful coach. He's uh, helped me out uh, grow as a player and as a person, uh, even over these uh, short two years we've had. 
but to just hold me accountable for all the actions I have and teach me to be a great person on and off the ice. It's, uh, it's helped me out a lot. That's great to hear. Eric Boris joining us from the St. Albert Raiders Midget AAA team. He was just telling the story about them winning the Max Midget Tournament, and uh, he's this week's 630 Ched MVP. Eric, are you a, a kind of a typical Canadian story that you, you started playing hockey when you were like a, a little guy, or, or did you get into it a little, little, little later? What's your journey there? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's the typical story of starting when I'm four and going through all the years playing uh, in St. Albert. Now I believe you're what about six four two twenty? Am I in the ballpark? Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Okay, and were you were you always a big kid? Pretty much. Okay, <laughs> all my life I've been pretty tall. No, everybody thinks size is the greatest advantage that you can have in sports. True or false? Were there any disadvantages to being a big kid? Um, I think that's pretty fair. I think I've had. The advantage over some kids uh, being taller than them, but uh, lately I've noticed that hockey and a lot of the sports it's been about being faster and uh, being the big guy I am. I can't move as fast as some of the little guys, so uh, they they have me there. Okay, good stuff. Eric Boris joining us on Inside Sports. He's the six thirty shed MVP. I know you're focused on on the rest of this season for the St. Albert Raiders, so I don't want to take away uh, too much of that. But what is your next? opportunity anything uh college junior what's going on there uh well uh right or during the max and right after i uh signed with the cameras kodiaks i uh signed an loi and affiliation form with them so that's uh where i'm hoping to go next year as of right now all right great program uh i'm gonna i i lived in lloyd minster eric and covered the ajhl for seven years that was a while ago but from 2000 to 2007 Camrose was generally the best team in the South. Uh, you might have to help me here, Eric. I think Brooks has kind of surpassed them a bit in that division, but I, I think Camrose still has a pretty good program going. Yeah, I've heard they're doing pretty good, but Brooks last year and uh, this year, I'm pretty sure, have been up on top in the AJ, um, just being a dominant team. Do you have a goal maybe to go NCAA or college after junior and hey if you if the answer is you don't know yet I I, I get it but but I, but I want to ask if that's a goal for you uh yeah I think I think that's probably the goal for me is to hopefully get a scholarship somewhere along the line but that's uh <laughs> that's only something I can hope for right now um but yeah no uh hopefully AJ and then eventually through college hockey Eric, who is an NHL player you might model your game after or someone you might compare your game to how they play? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, Ryan Getzlaff. I know, I know he's kind of an all-star, and that may seem, uh, <laughs> may seem like I have a big head, but uh, being a leader on his team and doing the dirty work down in the corners and scoring some of the garbage goals, are uh, something that I like to think I'm able to do. Nothing wrong with that. And as Rob Brown says, who I do the post-game show with for the Oilers, there all are no garbage goals. They're all beautiful. They all count <laughs> as one, right? And, hey, yeah, you're, true. It, it's, you, you can compare yourself to Ryan Getzlaff, but you're, you have an advantage over Ryan. People in St. Albert like you, they all hate Ryan Getzlaff. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I hope they like me in St. Albert. Eric, when's your next game? 
Uh, we have this weekend off, even though we play most weekends. But uh, next weekend we go down and play uh, in Okotoks and in uh, Calgary against the Flames. Okay. Well, Eric, congratulations on being the 630 Chet MVP. I-, I can tell you got a lot of passion. It sounds like you-, you really enjoy the game and the opportunities that it gives you. So congratulations on that, and I hope we can talk again. All the best. Uh, thank you so much. I hope we can talk again soon. That is Eric Boris checking in, right winger for the St. Albert Raiders Midget AAA team. He's this week's 630 Chet MVP and gets some apparel, Under Armour apparel, courtesy of Elite Promotional Marketing. And don't forget, he was also featured recently on Global News. You can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 630Ched.com or you can email insidesports at 630Ched.com. The 630Ched MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. We're back after the news with a scoreboard update. And we'll... Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Go to Kansas City for a preview of the Chiefs and the Pats. Listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. and Flames tomorrow on 6.30. Chet Calgary currently scoreless with Detroit. Six and a half minutes left in the first period. Arizona with an early 1-0 lead on the Penguins. Sabres and Canucks coming up in about half an hour. Early third period, still scoreless. Islanders and Washington. Ottawa leads Carolina 4-1. Late in the third, Canadians up 2-1 in Columbus. Tatar has both goals for Montreal. Now 16 on the season and the Panthers have just beaten the Maple Leafs by a score of 3-1. Over at Claire Drake Arena, U of A Golden Bears with a goal by Trevor Cox as they lead Mount Royal 1-0 four and a half minutes left in the first period. Oil Kings 1-30 tomorrow at Rogers Place hosting the Calgary Hitmen then Oilers and Flames. Face-off show at 6.30 here on 6.30 Ched. The game at 8 as the Oilers go into the All-Star break and their bye week with three home games in four days. Fun weekend in the world of sports as it is the NFL Conference Championship games on the weekend. We're going to have the Saints taking on the Rams and in Kansas City, the Chiefs will host the New England Patriots, and we go to KC from ESPN 1510. It is Joshua Briscoe. Joshua, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks for having me on, and for I guess now making me international. I feel great right now. You are, well, you have gone international. You're your first time <laughs> on in Canada. Uh, I think so. All of our shows are on Facebook. I only have like at least one listener on Canada's side, but I think this is the first like official time. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Now, are you uh, a Kansas City native, or or what's your uh, history here? Yep, I've lived on the Kansas side my whole life, um, just outside of Kansas City. Again, on the Kansas side now. I know this is confusing that Kansas City is also in Missouri. It's in both states. It doesn't make sense to me either. But I've been on the Kansas side uh, for my whole life. Uh, it like is more of the city in Kansas, or is it kind of split? <laughs> no, no, it's the opposite, which is silly. Like it, the, the Missouri side is larger, uh, but it's 
it's always been Kansas City. Um, I don't have a good answer for you. I wish I did. Are all the sports teams on the Kansas side? How does that work? No. So uh, the Chiefs and the Royals, football and baseball, are both on the Missouri side. Our soccer team, however, Sporting Kansas City, is on the Kansas side. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Well... That's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll roll with it. I got to ask you this first of all, Joshua. Were I, were you on the line in time to hear our weather forecast? I don't think so. Okay, or so, so I, we're I, I with the wind chill. We're dipping down to minus thirty Celsius, which is oh, minus no. which is minus twenty two Fahrenheit. Oh my goodness! What's the I'm forecast so for Sunday's game? Well, so it's it's looking like it's going to be uh, about 20 above Fahrenheit. I wish I knew the conversion. That's uh, about but minus 7 like, Celsius. Okay, so that's still that makes it sound colder, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, so it'll be a little bit below freezing. Uh, it, it's not going to be a brutal day, it sounds like. It, it, last week, obviously, there was snow down here for that game against the Colts. There was some concern about an Arctic blast this week. It looks like it's, it's going to pass over us just fine. Uh, so right now it's actually a little rainy, which I know would be uh, would be a problem for these past happy teams. But uh, it looks like it will just be pretty old-fashioned, just sort of Kansas cold. I guess Missouri cold. Missouri, okay. I got you. We'll, we'll try to keep the state straight <laughs> as we have this conversation. What a year for the Chiefs. I, I mean, I know it, it's it's not finished. But Mahomes, what did he get to 50 touchdown passes, exciting, yep. contorting his body to make throws. In your mind, let's go back four months. What were your expectations for Mahomes and the Chiefs relative to what they did? I found myself, uh, even before he ended up in Kansas City, being kind of a, an early member in the grand church of Patrick Mahomes. I was, I was very optimistic. I felt like I was probably towards the front of the train on the, the, the preseason Mahomes optimism hype, and I was not nearly hyped up enough. Like, I, I was excited. I had high hopes. I thought that he was going to be a fantastic quarterback. But 50, 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards passing in his first season as a starter after sitting last year, he's going to be the MVP, and he should be. Nobody expected that. It's, been, it's just been a total whirlwind. How has uh, how has he handled it? I mean, look, I know football's king in the states, and you play NCAA before you go to the NFL. But I mean, now he's the elite of the elite. What have you seen from him as a person handling some of this? He's handled it all really well, and and I think a good a good uh, sort of indicator of how that was going to go was the quarterback he sat behind last year, Alex Smith, and then being under Andy Reid this whole time. Uh, I think that those two guys prepared him. For a lot of this, uh, we get a lot of stories about like his family, his dad being a former Major League Baseball player, and, and it's just sort of being around professional sports his entire life. He seems to have taken it as well and the, the rise to fame as well as anybody, anybody at least locally that I've ever seen in sports. The Chiefs had to deal with... You know the, the the Kareem Hunt situation about three quarters mm-hmm. of the way through the season. He was you know he was thrown off the team for lack of a better term because of the mm-hmm. the video of him uh, hitting and kicking the woman in the hotel in the hotel hallway. Ugly incident, and that can rattle a team or change chemistry. How did the Chiefs deal with this? Was there a lingering effect, or do you think they moved? I mean, I know they've kept winning, but uh, tell right. me what you saw. 
Well, their their first game after that it was it was after a bye week, and so and they were playing again pretty soon after, just a couple of days after that video, and, and then releasing him. Uh, that game, it seemed like there was I don't know a, a sort of a hitch in in their in their motion, if that makes any sense. They beat a really bad Raiders team in Oakland anyway. It worked out fine results wise, but yeah, that's got to rattle the locker room. Like by by everything we're ever seeing in the media, these guys are a, a close knit group. Most of them are pretty young, as Hunt uh, is, and and it seems like especially that offense has just been very tight knit. But since then, the the running game has still been very good with Damian Williams, who's who's just been tremendous. He started the year as a third string running back. He's been great since uh, since Kareem Hunt was released, and the second stringer got hurt also. They've they've been they've been extremely good offensively, even without Kareem Hunt, which I understand being a little bit of a surprise. Joshua Briscoe joining us on Inside Sports. He's with ESPN 1510 in Kansas City. Chi and, uh, we're teeing up the Chiefs and the Patriots. Joshua, tell me a little bit about the psyche of a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And what I'm coming from here is a, a long time since they won a Super Bowl, so probably at least yeah. uh, well, more than half the fans wouldn't remember that. They've always been a pretty good team, but they had that stretch of, what, six consecutive home losses over the course of mm-hmm. a couple of decades, and I think three of those times they had 13 and three seasons and, and should have been able yep. to do better. So, you yep. know, a lot of disappointment there. Tell me about the psyche of a Chiefs fan. It's a really good question because it has never been more complicated uh, because as of a week, uh, just a week ago, really, just before that, that Colts game, uh, it had been 25 years since they won a home playoff game. I have not been alive that long. Uh, I I see all throughout this fan base. There was so much. There's so much nervousness going into that game because they were the better team, playing at home. They have the quarterback now. Finally, the optimism was was sort of held under under uh, a held breath because everyone was always waiting for the other shoe to drop. But now at this point. I don't think I've ever seen Kansas City and specifically Chiefs fans as confident, even dealing with the Patriots, who have been, you know, the final boss to pass during the AFC for almost 20 years now. The, the optimism has gone from being sort of fearful to right now, like boisterous. People understand that Mahomes is a true difference maker in the most elite way, and I, I think that it's rightfully earned optimism, even after now one playoff win. Well, that that's interesting because the Patriots, like you said, they're the final boss. I love I love how you put that the, the <laughs> video game reference, the the big bad boss. You got to knock off. So, I mean, if this doesn't go the Chiefs' way, is it going to be okay? You know what? The Patriots are the Patriots. Brady is maybe near the end of his run. We'll see. We got Young Mahomes, or is it going to be like, oh no, what if this is the only shot we had to to get to the big game? I think it's going to be mostly the former because of how young Mahomes is, how young most of this team is. There would be hurt to that, no question. It, it would be uh, it would be a real shot to, to be favored, to be getting the home game, to have all this hype, and then to fall short. But nobody expected, I don't even know, maybe in the room, maybe, maybe in the locker room they did, but none, none of us out here expected them to be even this close to a Super Bowl in this first season of Mahomes at, at quarterback. So I think Winning that first playoff game was important. Losing that would have left a really sour taste in everybody's mouth for the rest of the offseason. Losing to the Patriots would be less hurtful, but it would still obviously be a downer. What does this game come down to, Joshua? Give me a couple of keys. The Chiefs have so many offensive weapons. So if you're just trying to find, like, hey, well, who should I be looking for? It's almost everybody. Tyreek Hill is unbelievable. He's one of the fastest men in the sport, probably the fastest man in the sport. 
Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, also the tight end, is outstanding. Sammy Watkins, just there's so many weapons. But it's about Patrick Mahomes and how he uses those weapons more than anything. On the Patriots side, Tom Brady is the biggest star that the NFL had, you know, in the last 15 years. But he doesn't have the deep ball accuracy that he used to have. They don't have the downfield weapons like they used to have. So believe it or not, like Brady and the Patriots are probably going to be playing the much more conservative play style, running the ball a lot more, throwing the ball shorter a lot more often while the Chiefs are going downfield more. And I, I cannot wait to see how those two things match up. Are the are the Patriots, I know you're in the same conference, but not the same division. Are mm-hmm. they despised by Chiefs fans, or is it a grudging respect? Oh, I think it can be both. Let's make it both. Because <laughs> I, I think there's a little bit of a begrudging respect, because what they're doing and have done is simply unfathomable. The, the consistency at which they're back in this game is unbelievable. Um, also, you know, they've delivered plenty of hurt to this fan base and just about every other fan base, really every other fan base in the AFC. Um, so, I, you know, I think they are disliked because they're the bully, but you have to respect the unbelievable run they've been on. I hope it just I hope it ends this week. All right, and uh, Joshua, a couple more for you. Thanks for being so generous with your time. Give me a quick thought on the other side, Saints and Rams. I always joke on this show, well, it's actually not a joke, it's true, about how poor my predictions are, but I did pick the Rams to win the NFC before the season, so I'm I'm one win away. Uh, they got to win on the road, though. Tell me about the NFC side. So I love what the Rams did this offseason. They just opened their doors and said, we will take your cast off as long as they're talented. We'll make room for them here. They actually did that with a Chiefs player. Marcus Peters got traded to L.A. before the season. Um, I, I love what they've been doing. I think Sean McVay is brilliant, but they don't have the quarterback. Jared Goff is a guy that I would say has largely kind of been propped up by Sean McVay and, and that he's, he's a bit of a puppet compared to a guy like Drew Brees, where he, even he, as he ages, sort of like Tom Brady does, things get a little shorter. His precision is unbelievable. His understanding of the game is unbelievable. Uh, so I think the Saints are going to win this game uh, with all of the things they can do offensively. A great weapon on the outside, Michael Thomas, running the ball with Alvin Kamara uh, and also Mark Ingram. The Rams also have a ton of weapons, but I'll take the quarterback tiebreaker in those games. Uh, so I'll take the Saints. Okay. And uh, I got to ask you one more, and mm-hmm. I, I, I will not hold it against you if this doesn't register for you and what you do with ESPN fifteen ten, the Kansas City Mavericks of the ECHL, and oddly enough, that's the yeah. ECHL affiliate of the Oilers' rival who they're playing tomorrow, the Calgary Flames. Do they register? Uh, to what degree do they register down there? That's got to be tough in that market for them. Yeah, it is, um, and there's been some talk. You know, recently we have a we have a center down here that would be great for hosting an NBA or an NHL team. There's been a lot of talk about how the city would receive either of those. Uh, the Mavs are, are a place that uh, actually I went and saw my first hockey game at a Mavs game. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. People know, I think, universally around the city, people know about the Mavericks, but it's not it's not earning headlines. You know, unless they end up maybe making a. I'm making a splash on, on some level. Uh, but I would also think that the city would be pretty receptive out of an NHL team. The minor league thing is difficult, though. Uh, yeah, for sure. And obviously, that, I mean, that's the equivalent of double of A, right, to use a, a, yeah. a baseball term. So, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. I, I am seeing this. I, I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, well, people know this, I used to work in Lloyd Minster. The Derzinski brothers from Lloyd Minster are currently playing for the Kansas City Mavericks. I watched them play Ooh. bantam hockey uh, back when they were in their wow. early teens. So that's pretty interesting. That's pretty good, yeah. 
Joshua, we're going to have to uh, do this again. This was fun chat with you. Thanks for letting us know what's going on in Kansas City in both Missouri and Kansas. And uh, <laughs> enjoy the game on Sunday. I hope that's a, a great atmosphere there. Absolutely. I, I look forward to talking to you when the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. We'll do it again then. Oh, no, did I spoil it? <laughs> there we go. Joshua Briscoe, the, the bold, confident hometown prediction from him. He's with ESPN 1510 in Kansas City. Uh, good stuff. So Kellen Kennedy and I will make our guaranteed-to-be-correct predictions for the championship games. We'll update the scoreboard. And I'll let you know that this portion of the show presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialists. Call 7804-FAMILY or FurnaceFamily.com. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630Chad Inside Sports. Eskimos with three player signings today. Receivers Kenny Shaw and Kevin Elliott, along with linebacker Taylor Reed, all getting deals. Elliott and Reed played one game last year with the Eskimos and spent time on the practice roster. Shaw played three games for the Rough Riders last season. He did have a thousand yard year in 2016 with the Argos. Remember that uh, Hugh O'Neill punter was signed yesterday. Head coach Jason Moss, happy about that. There are plenty of games where I thought he was the bright star of, of our team uh, this year. And anytime you can say that about your punter that's saying something so um you know i'm thankful we got the chance to sign him back you know he's an edmonton guy and i think he's he's got a long career ahead of him um you know and he's one of those guys that continues to work at it so uh very excited to have him back all right and you can get more on 630ched.com more on your edmonton oilers as well i got a piece up there about yesi puliyarvi and kyler yamamoto when we were talking about that earlier in the show the oilers handling or perhaps better to say uh, mishandling of those two young men we'll see how it goes for them tomorrow against the flames it is the moment that no one has been waiting for but we're going to drag you through it anyway i've been waiting for it well you and i have been waiting for it the, the of the 14 people listening Maybe one of the 14, actually. Probably frustrated fan has maybe, been waiting for this. Maybe one and a half. Maybe somebody's <laughs> undecided. Maybe someone's on the fence. Thank you for being positive, Kellen. Our guaranteed-to-be-correct NFL playoff predictions. Remember, guaranteed-to-be-correct, not a guarantee. Okay, so we're both 4-4, four and four, Kellen. Mm-hmm. We're both as smart as a coin flip so far with our predictions. We will start... With the Rams and the Saints, and as I mentioned earlier, my Rams were, or the Rams were my preseason pick to win the NFC. So I'm not going to change now. I will take the Rams. You're taking the Rams? Yes. Mm, I'm going to agree with you here and say Rams. Okay. Well, this isn't going to be fun because now I know we're going to agree on the other one because I know you won't pick the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I have to take the Patriots then. Okay. Then I'll take the Chiefs. We can't take the same for both games. Yeah. Even though, really, I want to take the Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs are going to win. Well, it depends. I mean, well, like, why wouldn't have you taken the Saints knowing that I was going to take the Chiefs? Because I like the Rams better. <laughs> Would you ever pick the Patriots to win a game? No. Like, what if it was the Patriots against the, against the St. Vincent School for poorly coordinated boys? Then St. Vincent's would get not only my, my endorsement, but probably a good share of my money in the... <laughs> You, At the casino. You would actually p- I'd put money a, on the odds, Make yes. a financial wager 
on the St. Vincent School for Poorly Coordinated Boys. Yep. Yet to win a game this season in any sport. Yep. Because it's... You've seen all the Disney movies, Mighty Ducks and along those lines. All right. So we both go with the Rams. Uh, you take the Chiefs. So I reluctantly... Well, I don't know why I should be reluctant about taking the Patriots. They're only the best football team of the last 20 years. All right. So there we go. And then when we do the Super Bowl, we'll actually do the score as well. Okay. On a much more serious note, and unfortunately a very sad one, we say goodbye today to our uh, colleague with 770 News in Calgary, Peter Watts, who was heard on this station for the last couple of decades, Saturday and Sunday on the Alberta Morning News. A longtime broadcaster in Alberta and in Canada. I mean, for many of you, I know for me, the first time I would have uh, seen Peter was uh, on TSN in the early days of that network. And unfortunately, uh, Peter uh, said goodbye to us this morning. Uh, I know you heard this news probably earlier this week, and unfortunately we knew it was coming. I got to know Peter a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that, that I was close to him or I got to know him really well, but my dealings with him were were great, to be honest with you. Uh, sometimes I was a guest on the Alberta Morning News. I got to fill in hosting, actually, uh, a few years ago, and dealing with Peter was always a joy. There was a stretch here where uh, some of the folks from 77, 770 actually had to work out of our office because they had a, had a fire there in Calgary, so they came up here for a few weeks, and it was great to talk to him and get to know him a little bit. A, a very positive guy, a lot of energy, obviously a great broadcaster, but as I'm sure as you're seeing on, on social media and, and stories on television and on radio and online, just a, a great person and, and, a, and a, just a, 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 an awesome guy to deal with. I'm a, I'm a little bit at a loss for words because he's really going to be missed and he leaves us far too soon. But an absolute joy to deal with, a great mentor to a lot of people, including me. Wonderful broadcaster, wonderful man. Goodbye, Peter. All right, that does it for Inside Sports tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to the producer of the show, Dave Campbell. Our studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. I'll be back with you at 6.30 tomorrow night for the face-off show for the Oilers and the Flames. The game will start at 8. Have a great weekend. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.